0: Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're
1: listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast with me, Will Pugh, and James Jones. It's been two weeks since we last saw each other. James Jones has been to Wembley to watch England oh so narrowly miss out on Euro 2020 glory but Declan Rice was man of the match in that showcase event at Wembley and how proud of him we all are James it's wonderful to see you again mate back in central London together speaking to each other face to face opposite in a real life actual studio once again which we're gonna make a habit of this season now the world is getting back to normal just a little bit how are you mate yeah
0: good to see you mate I'm I'm very well it's good to be back to some kind of normality with with lockdown ending and here we are face to face in a studio chatting away like the good old days exactly what a pleasure but, um yeah yeah all good mate you good
1: yeah i'm alright mate yeah i'm doing okay um yeah a bit underwhelmed by West Ham's transfer activity as everyone else is but to be quite honest i haven't really my mind hasn't switched from the euros yet and i'm in that sort of window you get as far as football is concerned where i'm just having a little bit of a mental break from it while i can just switching off a little bit i know we've got the olympics coming up which will be a bit more difficult for everyone to watch it's all going to be overnight mm. in tokyo if it even goes ahead but no all in all mate i'm um i'm doing okay you know the world just feels like it's getting back to normal and that is cheering me up no end i'm you know stressful sure. stressful and pessimistic about um west ham and just life as i usually am but now on the whole, mate. Uh, positive vibes all around. so True. tell me tell me how was the uh, the Euro 2020 final before we go any further it was pitching up to be one of the most elite days and the elite summers of your life after scoring a goal at London Stadium and yeah. then potentially seeing England win the Euros at Wembley but it wasn't quite to be it
0: wasn't quite to be it was still an incredible day out um, the whole day That my first beer at 11 o'clock naturally in the morning and just um, sort of went from there and went for a bit of lunch hit Got to Wembley way at about four o'clock. Absolute carnage. Um, Was it?
1: Was it as bad as? I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? Because I was saying to you earlier on, I was at that England game against Russia in Marseille in Euro twenty sixteen. Was that yeah? Uh, When it all kicked off, and through luck and probably well, through luck and rather than judgment, we didn't see any of it. But what was your experience like?
0: I didn't see any trouble at all, all day, all night. Um so waking up to the reports the following morning of all that carnage that that happened, you know, people squeezing through the COVID checks and just squeezing into the ground, um, having fights with their own fans and that, I didn't see any of that. When I say carnage on Wembley Way, it was just a party. Mm. Um and I haven't seen that many football fans in one place in that sort of um, mood. Mood since yeah. the final game at Upton Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I li- I, and that's what I said to my brother when I was there. I was like, I, it feels like I've not been in this sort of situation since. Yeah. And just party vibes. Yeah, and like, you know, everyone was singing Sweet Caroline and, you know. Which
1: has been done to death, by the we, way. Which, I, I mean, bore you. That we song. do it
0: all season at West Ham and then it was, you know, and then we're doing it for England for all, all summer. <laughs> it's just it's, not a football yeah. song, is it's it? Not, it's not, but like... <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but it was a good day and then got in the ground. And it was just a really good atmosphere in the ground. Mm. Um, you know, I did. There were a couple of little lads that tried to squeeze in behind us at the, at the turnstile, um, but not on the scale that you know that was happening elsewhere in the ground. Literally mm. It was two lads that tried to get in.
1: What time did you get in then? Because I, I don't really know the time scale as such of Well, what, what our was ticket, going on when.
0: ticket said we had to be in the ground between 5 and 5.30. And right. we were like, well, we're not doing that. Because mm. we're going to on Wembley Way until a good hour before kickoff. Yeah. Uh, but we ran out of beer, and there's nowhere on Wembley Way that sells beer.
1: Did you just have cans? On we just the... had cans. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and
0: we yeah. um, we underestimated how many how much we drink. So um, yeah, we ran out very very quickly. <laughs> that,
1: which is surprising. Which is surprising. Yeah. But
0: so we thought, well, the only place we're going to get beer is if we go in the ground, and so we just went in at about I think we got in about half five quarter to six, mm. and then sat, sat stood in the concourse right opposite the bar. The queues were going pretty quickly in there, so it's pretty easy. And we ended up had another four or five parts before kick-off, and uh, it worked out nicely. And it was a good atmosphere in there, really good atmosphere.
1: Yeah, lovely stuff, mate, lovely stuff. And then the game, what did you make of it? I honestly thought... I genuinely did West Ham bias aside, and I've had it backed up from non-hammers who said Declan was was man of the match in their opinion until he got hauled off. The reports seemed to suggest that he might have picked up a knock in the first half. He came off just after seventy minutes, didn't he? But yeah, yeah what did you make of the game on the whole?
0: It was a good. I, I thought it was a really good game of football. I, I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't try and build on that on that early goal. Um, mm. It just felt like you go one up after three minutes. In a in a cup final, you got you got to build on that, especially against a team like Italy, which will you know grind you down and, and find a way through. Mm. Um, but you're right, Decker was best power on the pitch. I think even with a knock, you keep him on the pitch because he was dominating that midfield. Um, but then Henderson's experience should have should have counted for something. Didn't do a lot. Did didn't he? do a lot. No. Um, and the substitutions all round were quite questionable, but I'm I'm loath to really question Gareth Southgate because, no,
1: of course not,
0: what he's done over the last four years, three years has been nothing short of sort of. Well,
1: he's the second best England manager of all time. Isn't yeah, he? I mean Other than Alf Ramsey
0: when they appointed him as manager. I we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Yep. I never dreamed of what where he's taken us. World Cup semi final, Euros final, um, third was it fourth place or third place in the Nations League, which kind of you know whether you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 but it's a tournament now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is um, what it is, yeah. It's it's mad what he's what, what we've achieved under him in such short space of time. So, yeah, okay. Some of the some of the subs are questionable, but in the end, I think the better team won on the night. Hmm. Um, which you know, give Italy credit for it. You know, they, they were the best team in the whole tournament in my book. So yeah, we yeah. didn't lose. We didn't. We didn't lose to a, an underdog or anything. I think we did, we lost to the best team. On the day and over the course of the five weeks, so it is what it is. But I'm just glad that we had that moment to celebrate the goal. I said it to my brother before the game. I said, "Whatever happens tonight, I just want that one moment that we can celebrate." Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, we got it within three minutes, and I ended up four or five rows in front. Carl Jenkinson was stood next yeah, to me, Yeah, hanging evening, out you, with West Ham legend Carl he, Jenkinson. He, he used me as a springboard to celebrate the goal and I ended up going down with him.
1: Yeah, just don't uh, tell anyone at Nottingham Forest because be yeah, he's supposed to be injured. Yeah, he's <laughs> supposed to be injured. I mean, that's all I'm going to say on the matter. But, um, <laughs> yeah.
0: but yeah, no, yeah, it was good fun. Uh, we had that moment. I've got huge bruise still on my left leg from c- the celebration, which has gone black now. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look too healthy. But, yeah, yeah. Worth um, it. it was well worth it well yeah. worth it
1: no mate you know what i was definitely annoying the people that i watched the game with afterwards and throughout because i was just so positive immediately yeah. positive afterwards to be honest um you know I don't, I don't think we need to go into it on this podcast it's been done to death all the the racism stuff since and the, some of the violent scenes it gets hammed up by by all media outlets because that's the nature of of news i'm a little bit disappointed really because i feel like there should still be such a celebratory atmosphere in the air. Mm. We, we drew the final, ultimately, didn't we? We, yeah. we? we got all the way as far as you can possibly go and lost on the toss of a coin. Mm-hmm. So I felt so positive about it afterwards. I was definitely winding up some of the people I was with. have had a couple of drinks by then, going, no, it's all right, it's all right. Honestly, it's positive. Don't worry. Oh, what are you getting so sad for? Even though, you know, we had the chance to make history. You said that while you had tears rolling down your eyes. No, but I genuinely was, like, immediately positive. I genuinely thought we were going to win the whole time anyway. So when we didn't, I was a little bit taken aback. So I was like, oh, this is wasn't how it was supposed to go. Yeah. But no, I, I just feel really positive about the whole thing. We've had a World Cup semi-final and a European Championship final. My dad was three the last time England got to a major final, mm. let alone how old I am now. And there's every single chance that we can have an equally successful campaign in the World Cup like Qatar, in 18 yeah. months' time. Yeah, like yeah. Most of that team isn't going anywhere. Henderson might be a little bit beyond it. Kane will be that little bit older and a bit more injury-prone. But no, mate, I, I generally feel so, so positive about the whole thing. And I just feel, I mean, obviously I'm disgusted as everyone else is by, by all the stuff that comes out. But ultimately, there is cretins in this country. You're not going to change it. Yeah, and I'd just that. rather focus on... Um, obviously goes without saying that we throw our full weight and support behind uh, behind the players, and yeah, ultimately, I hope they listen to the vast majority of the country, not the no mm. point whatever percent is that find it within themselves to go straight on Twitter after something like that happens and Call I you know, call them all the names under the sun, and I just no, i mean, you know I know that happens. That's going to keep on happening because there will all be cretin, always be cretinous people in the country, and I'm just really, really proud of each and every single one of the players, even all the squad members that you know didn't get on the pitch, but still, as Southgate said, maintained that really upbeat, buoyant atmosphere, and there was no cliques by the sound of it. It was just a positive attitude that pulled everyone in the same direction, and those players. Automatically for me, have already outdone your Rio Ferdinand, your Frank Lampard, your Steven Gerrard. All those. Oh, we let club rivalries get in the way because we cared so much about our club. Well, how ridiculous does all that sound exactly. now? Because these yeah. blokes have stepped up and shown them how it's how it's done, how to make a nation properly proud of mm. you, and mm. and still be outstanding in the Premier League, and the Champions League. So, yeah. no, ultimately, mate, and I'm uh, I'm absolutely delighted. Um, that we got so far and to have been able to watch England come close in the final?
0: I feel the same um, now. Uh, I mean, you, Not know, at the time. you know me, I'm a very emotional football fan. <laughs> um, and, you know, I cried I cried when we won the semi-final. Yeah. Um, I was close to tears when we beat Germany. You know, I was very, very emotional. Um, but when Saka missed that penalty... It kind of, I didn't, I expected to cry. I expected just to be completely and utterly heartbroken, but I didn't, I couldn't. I was just, I was so proud of everything. But mm. then what broke the pride at the time, um I've since recovered that pride, by the way. <laughs> um we, we left immediately. The moment the penalty was missed, we just started walking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're walking up the Wembley Way. And you know what Wembley Way is like? It's a nightmare. Mm. Um, we're not staying for the trophy. We're not staying for the whatever. We're just going to leave. And we walking up. And looking back, it's quite funny. And then, obviously, it was the moment that Italy had lifted the trophy and they set the fireworks off around the arch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made everyone in Wembley Way jump because it was happening happening behind us and everyone ducked. And everyone was like, what the hell was that? Turn around and you see the fireworks going across the arch and then you see the arch turn into the Italian colours. And at that very moment, my heart broke because I was like, that was the moment that I realised we'd actually lost it. Mm. I'd come to terms with we'd lost. But the following morning... Back to pride again. I think you know you you, you summed it up perfectly. Like first final in fifty five years, regardless of what the result was, we should be proud of the fact that we got there and yeah. what the what happened with the racism stuff. I mean, you're showing you lack a you lack a lot of intelligence when the first thing that you notice after losing a final is that it was three black players that Mister Benway.
1: Don't you feel sorry for it's people? It's just like that. it's
0: incredibly weird that that was the first thing you thought of was oh hang on that was three black players. Mm. I'm going
1: to tweet about it. Don't you feel, honestly, I just feel pity because imagine imagine what their lives must look like on a daily basis. Imagine how much like sadness and pent-up anger you've got to have inside you to be so furious about something like that. that I'll never understand it. That that dominates your thinking on a day like that, on a day of where history's being made. But that's the first thing these people thought about. It wasn't, oh, I can't believe we've lost or I'm so proud
0: that England got them in the first place mm. or fair play for them to having the courage to go and take a penalty in the first place mm. under all that pressure. It was, oh, well, I've got to make a link with the fact that they're all, they're all, they're all black players yeah. so I'm yeah. going to tweet about it. And it's, just, it's sad. Um, but mate, who'd, I'm tragic. not going really
1: funny... It's a no-brain. Who would you rather be? Give me Bukayo Saka's life, <laughs> exactly, or Marcus Rashford's life, yeah, yeah. or Jadon Sancho's life. All day, any long. day of the week. I and I have, who I I have garbage. Like so
0: that. much respect for all three of them for the way for the whole way, team, mate. Yeah, the, yeah but Particularly those three because they've stepped up. Yep. In the the most pr- pressured moment in their career so far, probably in their entire career. You know, they won't face a, a moment like that again, probably. And then they've had to face what they faced on social media, and all three of them came out and just went, you know, I'm not going to apologise for no, this for is being who there. I am. This is who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got lot, so much respect for all three of them, and um, you know, and the whole the whole country, as you said. So yeah, we yeah, can, we can proud be proud of them. of them. I think
1: they know that as well, don't they? They know then. They know, know it's but, not. I know if yeah. you sort of the echo chamber of Twitter or. Um, Newspapers, TV stations, whatever, these stories, you know, they they sell. Don't know what people read them. They're good for numbers. But ultimately, you know, the story of, oh, yeah, 99.999% of England is bursting with pride at every single member of Gareth Southgate's squad. Mm. Well, that, that doesn't travel that story, does it? That doesn't, you can't pull that on. That won't. Make, as, make successful headlines and all that sort of thing is yeah that doesn't but that is the truth that's the real story isn't it that absolutely everyone in the country's behind them so yeah absolutely delighted with that and and a special hats off of course to Declan who'd done himself and West Ham United utterly proud <laughs> so Jonesy back to West Ham United I mean, it's, it's been pretty cool. I don't know what you do over the summer. And I know there'll be lots of people listening to this podcast who stay in tune with West Ham content and stories and, and they they want West Ham stuff coming at them all the time regardless of if england are on or whatever is going on in the world or whether the season stopped or not i'm not like that to be mm-hmm. honest i have my during the season i'm really engaged and and i love it and it's you know i'm looking forward to it every week well not always not every season but yeah, certainly yeah. recently i'm looking forward to the next game i'm into all the stories what's going on about the club obviously it's my job as well yeah. to have my finger on the pulse. same as you um yeah, this summer particularly, completely switched off from West Ham. I'm still having my little mental break from from football, so obviously I sort of know a little bit about what's going on. and kept my finger on the pulse a wee bit. How does it work for you before we go into the stuff? We've got some stuff to cover tonight. The kits, you know, the number changes, some transfer news. Philippe Anderson, Jesse Lingard, Tammy Abraham, Jared Bowen, a Diop, some stuff about this takeover that isn't. Uh, and of course, a couple of friendlies. We've got some stuff to cover, James. But how does your mind work as far as West Ham goes over the summer particularly?
0: As you said, it's, it's my job as well to kind of keep up what's going on with football. And I work for a company that, owns over 100 football websites so I'm I'm still immersed in the football world mm. regardless of whether it's pre-season or during the season um and I also yeah, don't
1: tell my boss what I just said actually <laughs> <laughs> cut that bit out yeah, yeah
0: um but but yeah I mean I I still write West Ham articles for mm. West Ham World every now and then a couple of day. so uh, I'm still sort of Quite knowledgeable in terms of what's what's going going on. Which one um, to say? Well, I like to think I like to think so, anyway. But yeah. I, I, am I actually
1: quite... still know about what's going on with our yeah. club. Will, but uh, I, thanks I, for coming. I actually
0: support the club for twelve months <laughs> a year, <but> and <laughs> yeah. not, not nine. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not a seasonal supporter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But but at
0: the, uh, at the same time, I'm quite envious because there there are so many times throughout an entire year where I'm just like, I just need a break from football. Just need to yeah. stop because it's you know what it is, mate? all encompassing. 24-7 with, yeah. with what we do for a career.
1: And obviously, anyone listening to this, do check out West Ham World if you don't already. Um, owned and run by our very own James Jones. Those of you long-term listeners will remember the days when it was the uh, the West Ham World, yep. West Ham show on Love Sport Radio, wasn't it? Very early days. but um, I, And this is not a slight on you at all. This is across any sort of football website about any club at the moment. I just find the stories at the moment that come out of clubs bore me. They bore the pants off me, nothing to do with what you've been writing or any other web, West Ham website writes or whatever. But it's kit stuff, it's transfer rumours, It's this is what might be happening, it's pre-season training pitches. It's And I know lots of people lap up that content, and I do a lot of it for my job. It just bores <laughs> the pants off me. Yes. I'm like, oh look, there's a new training kit and they're on a beach in Scotland for 2 weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> there's quite another boring. picture of Mark Noble on a bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is
0: it is mostly boring but at the same time incredibly exciting because we know we're getting ever so close to to the to the new season which is what everyone cares about
1: yeah there is that mate I keep having a um, there's a countdown thing on our um, keeps coming up at work and it's like 24 days left or whatever I'm like oh no it can't be, <laughs> can't 24, be 24 days, days left that's
0: so soon 24 <laughs> days until you become a fan again yeah mate. yeah
1: exactly until I switch on my West Ham hat once again yeah yeah so Jonesy talking about training kits there but the actual football kit that West Ham are going to be playing in got released it was a nice video they let the um, some local NHS workers mm-hmm. from um nearby the nearby barking and redbridge nice trust i think yeah yeah they um yeah, exactly let them get an exclusive early look at the kit it's modeled on the famous Paolo Di Canio one from the early 2000s just at the turn of the millennium i'll be honest mate i love it i think it's an absolute stormer and umbro who are if you ask most football fans would tell you it's a fairly unfashionable brand they've done another smashing job this time around I think I think
0: I can't remember the last time we had a consistently good manufacturer at West Ham I think yeah
1: probably was Feeler
0: it probably was Feeler yeah I yeah. think I think they've been absolutely superb every single year like the home kit especially has been it's been top notch and this year they've pulled it out of the bag that is one of the most iconic West Ham kits in, in the Premier League era at yeah, least. Yeah, for sure, yeah. And um they've done they've done it justice. They've done such a good job of it. So um I just think they missed the trick by not getting De Canio in the promo video to to be donning it because, you know, He's been, if, been all
1: over Talk Sport recently, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, the time. surely
0: they could have given him a phone call because he would have been well up for that,
1: wouldn't he? You'd have thought. Wouldn't He'd yeah. have been well up for being on
0: the promo, but
1: whack him yeah. in his garden in Sardinia, wherever he is. Yeah, recreating put, the recreating the, the volley. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, whenever you see that shirt, you
0: think of the Canio's volley, don't you? And uh, yeah. they had a, they missed the trick, but still, what a wonderful shirt! I'm looking forward to seeing it in action.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, I mean, if um, fingers crossed, if we end up playing at London Stadium again at the end of next season, like we were fortunate enough to do i <laughs> Uh, a month or so ago, um, fingers crossed, you'll be able to squeeze yourself into another medium version of it. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, I, I lost some weight by then, I'm, I'm hoping, <laughs> so I might do, but if I don't, I'm going, I might have to go extra large. Just, uh, and... <laughs> <you> <laughs> yeah.
1: just to be careful, anyone has seen those shots of, uh, of James strutting his stuff at London Stadium, albeit he did score, yeah, he was a little bit optimistic, I think, when requesting a <laughs> medium shirt, yeah. while me and Tom, the skinniest bloke in the world, went large, But, uh, Jonesy, there was a little bit of of changing around a, a promo video to distract from the lack of transfers, as some users on Twitter suggested. Um, to talking about the change of numbers. So we've got Mikhail Antonio taking taken the number nine shirt, which does suggest <laughs> once again that David Moyes is quite happy with just one injury-prone former right-back to play up front and lead the line as we charge into Europe. Ben uh, Benrahma has dropped the number nine and he has taken the number 22 shirt and it was quite a, nice story, a touching that. tale behind it, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, at first I was a little bit like, hey, why is he giving away the number nine for the 22? But then when you read about it, it's his, it his late father's favourite number, and I think he was desperate for, say, to wear that throughout his career, and he'd never had the opportunity to do it. So now he has got the opportunity, so he's done it, as sort of, you know, to honour his late father. So I think that's a lovely story. Um, and Antonio's taken the number nine. Um, which is a sign that he'll probably end up playing right back at some point next season, or left back, <laughs> yeah. um, or central midfield, or anywhere but striker. Once we finally get a striker in, mm. we think we'd hope we get one in. But I thought
1: that was a bit of an odd one. That I quite liked Antonio Thirty. Well, it's it's pretty iconic. It's iconic. iconic. Wasn't it's iconic wasn't it? Yeah, know? yeah, yeah.
0: There's that. There's that photo of him heading in there his goal on the final day at Upton Park, yep. and you know Thirty's prominent. Mm. And, um, six years he wore the number thirty shirt. He made it his own at West Ham, and yeah. Um, so yeah, it is a bit of a shame. But, is a bit of a weird one, isn't um, it? Yeah. But no, he takes takes the number nine. He wants to sp- be the spearhead of West Ham's attack in yep. Europe. So.
1: Exactly. Pablo Fornaus has dropped from 18 to number eight when. Da, 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 Felipe Anderson finally left the club on a permanent deal for Lazio. He retired the number eight, of course, and Pablo Fournells has picked that up pretty sharpish. He it's dropped the number 18.
0: It's brutal. They announced. He was taking the eight shirt about an hour after they announced Philippe Anderson had been sold. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so quick. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I think, again, it shows Pablo Fornell's importance to the squad, yep, absolutely. doesn't it? Definitely. He's, he's going to be a, another integral part in our squad this season which is good stuff so that brings us on nicely actually jonesy to the philippe anderson story in our little transfer segment that we're going to do quickly now philippe anderson so those of you who don't already follow me on twitter i do actually have a day job that involves me uh, having my finger on the pulse as far as football stories go and um, got some information the other day that I published, head on over to my Twitter to check that out. Um, that Philippe Anderson, obviously, he's gone to Lazio in a deal worth between three and five million pounds. It's up to five million. Uh, it can get there if, if some, you know, certain uh, bits and pieces are hit while he's over in Italy. And the immediate reaction, of course, is, oh my God, uh, it's, a, it's such a huge loss. However, the, uh, you know, I've been reliably informed that. He's in excess of £100,000 wages, as we know. He's one of the highest earners at West Ham, Jonesy. And West Ham are trying their best at the moment to agree a new deal with Declan Rice. He's had two significant offers, to be honest. Not quite as low as, um, as has been made out. Uh, in sort of in pre- separate several reports, excuse me, uh, up until now the two substantial offers given to Declan, up until now he rejected both of those, but the the club confident that um, you know with the new money freed up by Felipe's exit I know people will look at the transfer fee understandably Mm. but he was on a serious whack at West Ham and that's only going to help them as far as wages go it's seven million quid a year Jonesy they'll have saved by getting him off the wage bill and you know some of that money um, which West Ham are trying to do trying to give Declan or that it's going to help them in those negotiations certainly anyway in my opinion that can only be a good thing and I don't know what you feel about the, uh, the 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 narrative if you like around Sebastian Heller and Philippe Anderson both of them I understand the fans need or feel the need to go oh what a joke Look at our club, we're such a circus. We lost 20 million quid on Sebastian Haller and then we've gone and lost another 35 million on Philippe Anderson. Well, first of all, Philippe Anderson scored 10 goals and 4 assists, I believe, in his first season. Not a bad return Mm. for his first season. Yeah, fair enough. His form absolutely fell off a cliff after that. But what I don't... What I'm not keen on hearing, I don't want to hear from fans at the moment is oh, what a joke it is, what a waste of money, we can't run this club, it's such a joke, what awful transfers they were. Because all big clubs, which is what we want to be and which is what West Ham fans were told we were going to be when we moved from Upton Park, all big clubs end up, at one point or another, making an expensive duffer of a transfer. United and Di Maria. Roberto Soldado at yeah. Tottenham. Alvaro Morata Mar- Alvaro at Chelsea. Di Maria, Alexis Sanchez at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Nicolas Pepe at Arsenal. All of these clubs do it, but the, the the key is to cut your losses at the right time and go again. Mm. What doesn't help at a time like this is when, you know, the the whole mood around these deals is, ah, oh, such a joke. I honestly do think the club deserves some credit in this instance. I know it's easy to look at it and go, oh, we've lost so much money with rubbish. But that's the sort of thing, Jonesy, that plays into the... the those of those are fans out there that think the club are, you know, all they want to do is, is pull the wool over fans' eyes and find any excuse. Well, when you start moaning about big signings going wrong... That plays into their hands because mm. they'll go, oh, we don't want to get stung again like we did on Philippe Anderson and, and Sebastian Heller. No, that's the wrong way to go about it. The right way to go about it is what the club have already done 50% of is cut your losses at the right time, recoup whatever money you can, stop trying to flog a dead horse and be paying in excess of 100 grand a week for Anderson. People going, oh, we should fit him in into the system. David Moyes... Doesn't and I know this for a fact David Moyes does not rate Philippe Anderson, so what is the point? Just exactly. take your losses, it's from a f- previous regime under Manuel Pellegrini and, and Mario Husselos. Cut your losses and g- but go again, back the manager now. Don't then, and I think fans getting angry about it, okay? Yeah, it would it looks like bad business now, definitely. But would you, would you rather the club try and fail with big signings like that? Or just not try at all. Or just not try at all. Exactly. And I know for a fact which one I would want. Mm. And it's to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. And then you find a gem. I mean, Mm. I'm not saying every signing has to be 30 million plus, 40 million plus. There are some fans
0: that. that believe that, though and I want to see that.
1: Yeah, but look, at I mean, you only have to look at Thomas Suchek and Vladimir Sufal. Yeah, that's
0: going to be my point.
1: Yeah, yeah but, but that's what I mean. There, there has to be some grey area. It can't be so polarised. You can't have the club coming from one angle, which I don't necessarily... Think they are. Obviously, we don't know how this transfer window is going to play out yet. By all means, if we haven't strengthened considerably and go into a European campaign with a worse squad, then they, you know they undo any good work again mm-hmm. that 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 they did last season and the team and the goodwill that has been sort of put into the team and a little bit to them towards the board. I think they'll undo that if they don't strengthen this summer. But there's got to be somewhere in between. Only buying from the bargain basement because Vladimir Sufail and Thomas Suchek aren't going to work out every single time. No. Although, to be fair, 19 million quid for Suchek, he's not really bargain basement. Craig Dawson, for example, a good example of that. But also, I we'll want to see more marquee signings again in the future. Mm. But if and if they don't work out, then you go, all right, fair enough. And and then you go again and you've got to keep going again, Jones haven't you? Because all the teams around us who we supposedly want to be competing with, you can bet your bottom dollar they'll be going again won't they
0: yeah i think i think a lot of it's born out of the fact that because we see so many large transfer fees in football you know globally that it's it's almost like it's accepted that your club isn't doing very well in the transfer window if it's not spending 30 40 50 million pound on players every summer yeah um, and it's very easy to forget as you've already said how good the likes of Sucek, Suflau, Dawson—you um, could even put Fornells, Bowen, um, and, and those sort of players in the same bracket—that like, cost a complete like a fraction of what Haller and Anderson cost. But, but still, of, I mean, decent but money, but, weren't but, they? But They were decent money. I mean, I would have thought like the average transfer fee these days is about twenty million quid. Yeah. Um, and you know, a handful of those players have been picked up for twenty million quid.
1: Fornells and Bowen were sort of that, and yeah, yeah. and they've
0: been they've been superb, superb signings. Um, and sometimes signings don't work out. Mm. Um that I, I can see the gripe in that you know, West Ham have notoriously been really bad at selling players over the years. Um like just terrible <laughs> Which none
1: of them ever end up any good, that's Ter- why terrible it? It's just no but I
0: mean even I mean you look at the money they got for James Tompkins, you know, they should have commanded I oh, it was like twelve mil, 12, 12 mil and we could have got more for James Tompkins given the form he was in. Mm. Um and you know, I can't think of a lot a lot more players on the top of my head, but there have been a few where you go, Cool, we should have got more for him. Like we could have got more for him. Cuarte um, went for eight million, I think. Hmm. Um, could have got fifteen for him. Well, I, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it is what it is. But um, I, I I'll make you right. I think it was the right time to let him go. Right time uh, for Anderson to go, and you know, given the wages he was on, it's going to turn out if they do use those wages to to give Deccan Rice what he wants, hmm. then it turns out to be a great bit of business.
1: Yeah, yeah. I it think, Turns
0: out to be a fantastic bit of business.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and like you say, uh, I know people looking at it and go, oh, "We lost thirty-five mil." Well, w- why? we did get a small transfer? Uh, sorry, a small loan fee from Porto last season, and a significant portion of his wages off the books mm. when that happened. So that saved ourselves in the region five or six million quid in wages. We've already saved another seven million this next year in his wages by letting him go at all, plus the three million. In all, in all, it's probably the transfer has probably cost West Ham twenty million quid. It's still bad business. Don't get me wrong, but I think once you do all the all the maths, given that he was out on loan and stuff, we've basically paid twenty million quid for that first season he had, which was okay. Don't mm. I'm not arguing it was worth twenty million because it definitely wasn't, and it is a bad transfer, but it's not quite as as tragic as as everyone's quick to, to make out. And I just think, look. That's that's the last remnant or the last bad remnant, if you like, of the Pellegrini era. It's all positive now, isn't it? You can only you can only work forward, and you want to see him back. The manager, back David Moyes, use that money well, the spare wages, use the money well, and, and go out and strengthen the team. And we can forget all about the names Pellegrini and Houselos forevermore, can't we?
0: I think I think that's it. And you know, I think people would have been a lot angrier had Anderson been allowed to stay at the club. Definitely, and but not or, everyone, mate, would have been. That's or, what baffles or gone, me. Or gone back out on loans to another club and done, you know, nothing at wherever he would have ended up. Braga, oh, exactly. I mean, <laughs> or stayed at the club and made the odd cup appearance or made the odd cameo for the last five minutes because you know he, David Moyes doesn't trust him to track back or doesn't trust him to run around enough. You know, which which we <laughs> know he wants from his players. Mm. Um, and then fans go, "Oh, what a waste of money!" You know, he's got you know, underground grand a week and he's barely playing. It's like, well, you know. You can't have it both ways. So you get him off the books, and it's also forgotten that no, no one really adds in the how much the wages cost over the course of a of a season or a year, Mm. and add that to actual the transfer value. So if, yeah, you, if yeah, you buy you're buying right, someone yeah. for thirty-five million, but he's on a hundred grand a week, you know, you text and he's on a five-year contract,
1: four-year four deal at seven million a year. You know, he was on. He, yeah.
0: he, he's sixty million quid, really. Mm. If he sees that. that's the of, total cost to have Philippe Anderson play to you for four years. Exactly. Yeah, four so, years. and a lot of people don't, you know, they just look at the, what he's earning a week. They don't look at okay, well, what's that over the course of his contract? It's actually, it's sixty million quid. So, mm. if anything, we've saved ourselves some money by getting rid of him with two years left in his contract. Definitely, man. Um, so, yeah, it's. it's Swings around to Axfield, isn't it? Mm. But I'm glad. I'm glad he's off the books. Um, I wish him well. Um, He's clearly a very, very talented player, but just not good enough for West Ham. Yeah. Um, Well, not good enough for the system that we need. Not good enough for David Moyes, which is fine. That's fine. Um, Andy clearly clearly sort of didn't fit the way you know the Premier League didn't fit the way it worked in 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 England. He's not the only player that's come over to England and struggled or or sort of lost lost appetite. No, exactly. Um, He won't be the last. He he won't be the last. So I wish him well. Glad he's off the books. Um, and it seems like he's back home at Laz- was it Lazio because yep. he scored two in two in pre-season for them. So. <laughs> Um, he's, he's, got,
1: he's gone back home basically. yeah exactly yeah and good luck to him and uh, good luck to Lazio uh, who we may be facing oh that'll be it Jonesy will not it Europa League happen, Lazio right? home and away group stages Anderson three goals in two against us gives yeah. it the old shush at the Bobby Moore end oh god I'm going to regret all of that you just said I? that what what it's a nightmare. terrible <laughs> what a nightmare get your money on it at home if you're listening so Jonesy uh, Jesse Lingard Tammy Abraham Jared Bowen and Issa Diop uh, are my notes we've got to cover on this transfer segment, you can go first. Well, the just the Jesse
0: Lingard deal looks looks to be dead at the moment, <laughs> doesn't really it? Gone, it's not even he? a deal, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yeah, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer saying he's in my plans, but then he's got to say that, hasn't he? I think he's got to say that publicly. Um, I don't know. Like in the he's, same, he's, he's in not going He's not going to come out and go. Uh, he's gone. Or I don't want him at the, at the football club. <laughs> get, or, yeah, get rid. Yeah, at. like yeah. he's, he's going to come out, and he, he did play well when he came on at half time. In that, when after that, when he spoke after that game, cracked one
1: off the bar against Derby. The bar. Didn't he? yeah.
0: um, so he's going to come and go yeah, he's in my plans. But what's been said between the beyond beyond closed doors, we're led to believe Lingard said he wants to stay and fight for his place. Yeah, come out in the Athletic. Um, I think
1: reported that didn't yeah. they? And they were normally fairly reliable, the Athletic saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's keen to fight for his place. But, mate, look, he's he's on 140 grand a week at Manchester United. He was looking for a four-year deal at 28, a four-year deal on £100,000 a week to go elsewhere, either West Ham or, or wherever. So that would have... I know you think, oh, blimey. But, but that's still nearly a third of his wages less he would have mm. been getting, isn't it? But obviously extended over four years. So if he's thinking, oh, you know what, just financially... I'll just sit it out at United. I will get a game here and there. We've got a lot of football. I mm. will play semi-regularly, pick up my 140. And then at the end of the season, if I do well again, people are still remembering my time at West Ham, then I'll be able to cash in age 29 as a free agent yeah. and and maybe pull in, do a willian or whatever yeah. and and wrangle his way to another semi-length he's probably got one more huge deal in him is not he yeah I think so really so you can understand him positioning himself for that yeah if you want to st- I mean a lot of people forget United's his boy club yeah exactly so if,
0: if, it, if it's a, a toss up between United and West Ham and he's been offered football at United he's going to stay at United and I don't blame him for that No. what I don't want West Ham to do is to, is to spend all for the rest of the transfer window I'm in an hour and over whether to make a bid because I don't know whether he wants to stay or go, and sort of, oh, should we make a bid? Should we not? Should we pay thirty million quid for him? Should we not? And then it's too. And then we just do it and see. We've, we've 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 wasted three weeks, and then suddenly we're scrambling around for a replacement because it turns out that they don't want to sell him. <laughs> um,
1: Surely those conversations have been. You, had before like now, have, Jones. Oh,
0: apparently, there is a transfer. There's, there's a transfer meeting this week, which a lot of fans got annoyed about as well on Twitter. I saw. Um, apparently, David Moyes was having a transfer meeting with David Sullivan this week, and fans were like. Shouldn't they have been done two weeks ago or <laughs> yeah. three weeks ago? After so. the last game it's of the like, season. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure they are one back then as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah this having, isn't the only it, transfer. They're, here, they're having another it? one this week. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just to sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah. cross, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's. There's and, probably you know, a
1: meeting minutes, isn't there, that yeah, on the yeah. bottom says next meeting in one week. Yeah, like, or tomorrow or yeah, something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they're having that this week and I reckon... There'll be a lot of decisions made in this one because we've only got, what, four or five weeks before the window shuts. and <laughs> um We might see some bids go through. I, I'd like to just bid for Lingard. <laughs> just oh, just right. bid Ling- for Lingard. Just, anyone. just yeah, bid yeah. for Lingard. And if United go, absolutely not. We stay in. Then, okay, right. At least you know. At least yeah, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. we go, right, Mateus Pereira at West Brom, we'll have him. And if he costs 25 billion quid, because I think he's the next best yeah, player yeah. we get yeah, in I that like position. That. Yeah. Um And apparently... He hasn't played a single minute in pre-season for West Brom that they've basically said you're off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And they're waiting for a good enough offer. Um, So we we bid for Lingard. If they say no, then we go right prayer as our man and we get him. We can't waste time this summer in in sort of drawling over the potential of Lingard coming back. He was great for us. And that's all we ever see, see of him in a West Ham shirt. Fine. So big.
1: The club's bigger than one player, though, isn't it? Yeah, and look, look what he did Am in United six months
0: now. at West Ham. And he'll always be loved by West Ham fans. Yep, totally. Um, so if that's if that's it for him at West Ham, then you know we've had some good memories.
1: Yeah, and he'll always get a great reception. won't only yeah, totally agree with you on that one. It does look like we're a little bit unlike Just a quick one, Jonesy. Really, really brief on this. It's one I and again this is no, this isn't like info, inside information or <laughs> anything like that. This is just one that uh, that came up today. I saw Ross Barkley. Training for Chelsea. If that came up uh, in lieu of Lingard, what would you? Would you, just a brief yes or no, or like how do you feel about that? Really quickly,
0: I'm not sure. He had a good start on loan at Villa last season, didn't he? And then Vintage Barkley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think scored two in his first three, and then looked bright, got comfortable, bright, got comfortable, got injured, and then that was the last we saw of him all season. <laughs> <I> think, <and laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I, Villa I come tenth, yeah. yeah or I, 11, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I'd rather Pereira. Yeah. Now you say team, that. So. Yeah.
1: There's certainly better players. Players out there, isn't yeah. there? I think Barkley would be on the verge of falling into that. His best days are behind him and we don't want players like that category at West Ham. But
0: then you you'd kinda of back Morris to get the best out of him. Obviously they've worked together before at, um, at, at Everton, so um yeah, maybe Morris could get the best out of him, but I don't know. I still I still fancy Pereira.
1: Fellow Chelsea star Tammy Abraham. Uh, rumours suggesting that Arsenal are going to gazump both West Ham and Tottenham emerged in the last couple of days. 40 million quid is apparently the asking price for Tammy. I personally think it would be a really good fit but I'm also the same bloke who was shouting and screaming if West Ham signed Josh King during <laughs> the January transfer window I believe has left Everton now. Yeah. To, I think you signed for Watford, for not he? Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean Tammy I'd like to see him at West Ham I think it'd be a good fit. I think he would provide what we need. He knows where the goal is. It's such a crap football cliché that. But he does he scored goals for Chelsea. Tuchel just doesn't like his style of play which mm. is fair enough, but he was still top scorer for a considerable amount of that season, wasn't he before yeah. he got axed. Um but I mean do you like him? Would you pay 40 million? I don't think he's worth 40 million quid. Um But I think that
0: if... He's no Philippe Anderson, is he? No, but if if that's what it's going to take for us to sign him, then I think we just pay it. Um, I I know that sounds weird. But we just pay it because I think we're, we're so desperate for a striker. And I think out of all the players that we've been linked with this summer and that actually we have a serious interest in, he's the one that doesn't just bring... What we need for the team, he brings European experience. Mm. He brings, you know, he knows how to, he knows how to score a goal in the Premier League and in Europe and in the Champions League and in the Europa League. Excellent. Um, yeah. So, I think even if it is going to be right forty million quid or nothing, then I think we should just pay the forty million quid. But the trouble is, you know, I've been told that West Ham won't just won't pay forty million pound for him. Mm. Um, but he wants to sign for West Ham. He actually wants to sign for West Ham. Yeah. Um, well, at the three at the three clubs that are in for him, we're the only one. We're the one in the highest European tournament,
1: and not just that, mate. But he's not getting ahead of Harry
0: Kane. And well, it, there are rumours that he, uh, Santo wants to play two up front, or Kane leaves, or Kane leaves. Yeah, but then yeah. um, I, I can't imagine a front two of Kane and uh, Abraham. Abraham doesn't no. really work. Doesn't work at all. Does um, it, no. So I don't know, and I, I just don't think Arsenal won in Europe.
1: No. Why would you go? Why, oh, why would you go to Arsenal? Lacazette's still not a bad player. Um, no. Nah. Nah. I mean the money you'd go for Arsenal for, to be honest, isn't it? That's yeah, why you but, would go. But I just, I mean, apparently
0: he I keep thinking, well, he wants to stay in London, so he definitely resigned for West Ham. But all three <laughs> You clubs won't are go to Arsenal or Tottenham, <laughs> really? <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> all three clubs are in London, but we're in we're in the the bigger of the European competitions. Arsenal aren't even any of them.
1: We've got the best nearby shopping centre. Yeah, exactly. Hands and, down. Um, and He's we, used to Westfield at Shepherd's Bush, isn't he? Over at Chelsea.
0: Yeah, and we've got the largest uh, stadium screens in Europe. Exactly. So, I mean, why would you not want to sign up for West Ham United? Precisely, mate. Yeah, I yeah. Mean,
1: we've got the best kit. This is actually true. We've got the best kit best for next kit. season. We've got the most historic running track in London. Yep, definitely. How um, many gold medals have been won at Arsenal or Tottenham's ground?
0: Zero. Zero. How many so, have won at ours?
1: Flipping hundreds.
0: Literally hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds. So yeah. I yeah.
1: mean there it is. Tammy if you're listening, um Arthur Masuaka, I assume you're listening, I don't know if you know Tammy Abraham at all, if you can get the word to him via Declan, I'm sure they've uh, got a contact, you know. If 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 that doesn't sell it to him, then then nothing at all will. Um Jared Bowen, James lol yeah, I know. Linked to Liverpool. <sighs> I saw
0: it. Like Liverpool, I consider uh, that he's on the shortlist, right? And uh, yeah, let's but, just
1: get it right now. That means Liverpool have drawn up a list, probably of ten to fifteen players and who could play out. Wide Bowen's at the bottom, and always one of the names on it. Yeah, between eighth yeah. and fifteenth yeah. of a list of fifteen.
0: I love Bowen. It got me thinking that like, how much would we sell him for if Liverpool did come calling? What would be the price tag for Jared Bowen?
1: Um, Give, I, think
0: about how effective he was last season for yeah, us
1: realistically I'd want 30, if if we sold him for 37 38 mil I'd be like yeah fair value there's reasonable value there
0: I would say 50 million quid oh god <laughs> I'll I, I tell you why is because at the stage of the window that we're in yeah. um, and the impact he had for us last season was involved in like 15 goals I think it was goals and assists <laughs> um, the importance of the team He's worth 50 million quid to West Ham.
1: Well, I like what you're doing, Jonesy. You're putting Liverpool off. If anyone at Liverpool's listening, Jurgen, if you're. if you're He's worth 50. Moment, yeah, I think he's worth. He's worth 50 million quid to West Ham, yeah. which is the point of club valuations. That yeah. I don't tweeted it. So you turn around and go, well, if he's.
0: If it's he, what he's worth to us. Yeah. What's he so, worth to you? So what's he worth to you? 40 million quid. Well, actually, no. Like, we're not selling him for 40 million quid, we're selling him for 50 million mm. quid. Um, that's what I would tell him at.
1: Let's be honest, though, Jamesy. That one falls very much into the transfer rumor section. I think it, it so does. Yeah. I just, I just, we'll I, just I almost smacked my coffee out when I read it this <laughs> afternoon. I thought, really, right. we won't, uh, we Come won't on. give that one too much credence. I don't think. And Issa Diop. Um, what a bizarre football player he is. I mean, one minute, Once called a monster by Jose Mourinho. And he's off to Man United for 50 million quid, the same amount Jared Pallon's apparently worth. And next minute, was it Crystal Palace? Palace and Southampton. Crystal Palace and and Southampton want Issa Diop. Well, I don't know, really. I I like him, just keep him as a backup. These repeated stories linking him away. He wasn't good enough to get in last season. We don't know if Craig Dawson's going to do a Fabian Balbuena on us. And after an outstanding first season go oh that's actually why he was only worth 3 million quid or mm. whatever um no i don't i don't understand why there's any appetite to get rid of him I, I i don't think he's on exorbitant money he's on a few quid but like mid-range in that squad i think like middle sort of level learner I think we've got a lot of games coming up this season, and you know, I I don't feel horrendously nervous. I just think if you let go of him, you'd have to swap someone else in. He knows the club. He knows how Moyes wants to play. If that any, there is any truth in that, just
0: keep hold of him. If it's me, I think the rumor was that we we'd rejected bids from both of those clubs. How much? Uh, I don't know what the fee was. I don't think that was revealed, but it was just we've rejected bids from. um, I I would be very very surprised if we sold any 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 centre backs. Mm. We need to buy one if anything. Yeah yeah. Um so yeah I, I think it's a no go for, for that one. Um I think he's still only what twenty two, twenty three, he's still got you know a lot a lot of time to give. A lot of development. Th- a yeah, lot yeah. of development and I think he's better than some of the showings that he showed last season. I think a lot of those dodgy performances or dodgy moments were born out of the fact that he you know, he had a really sort of stop-start season. Yeah, exactly. And he got mate. COVID at the beginning of the season as well. Which he started the season the starting eleven, hmm. got COVID, and then had to fight fight for his place back. So
1: and was up against two defenders playing some of the best football in their careers.
0: Exactly. So I think it was he wasn't getting a lot of minutes. He wasn't. He couldn't really get a consistent run of games behind him, which caused a lot of the the dodgy, the dodgy moments that we saw from him. And obviously getting coached on the pitch by Aaron Creswell away at Burnley, which was Just screamed at. non Stop. Yeah. So um. So, yeah, I don't think he'd be sold.
1: James Jones, a story which appears to pop up every now and then in West Ham United spheres, is that there's been an approach to a takeover approach, in essence... Uh, it's been quickly poo-pooed by the club as nonsense. The players are not serious players. They don't have enough money to be in that conversation. Um, what do you make of stories like this, first of all, and, and, and the fact that another one like this is, has come out this week? I mean, yeah,
0: it's, it's getting a little bit... Uh, we, we get one every six months, don't we, now? I think it's 2023 is the, the year in which the... The club can be sold without the having to give away a percentage of their profit to the government. Um, I can't imagine anything happening any anytime soon. On on this on this story, apparently there was no proof of funds and it wasn't even an official offer. It was just, uh, would you be up to selling for 400 million quid?
1: It was an in, right, so we've got former QPR chief, ex, chief exec Philip Beard has been looking to put a deal together to purchase West Ham. Um, but yeah, West Ham are regularly approached by prospective buyers, but do not want to sell. Um, yeah, David Gold, David Sullivan turned down the approach because uh, they rejected it because it was a vague offer and not in the best interests of the club, its supporters, or shareholders. This was yeah involving former QPR chief exec Philip Beard. So, I mean. Sullivan, this is the Sky Sports one. We all know that um, there's a few people at Sky Sports who are very, very well in with the board. So the information here, Sullivan and Gold do not want to sell and would only consider a possible sale for prospective buyer, had the best interest for West Ham as well as the finances to take the club to the next level. The little bit of intel that I got today from someone close to the club was, or the close to the board at the club was exactly that. Mm-hmm. wasn't serious at all. It's a bit of a non-story, really, um, not not even worth talking about because it was it was so informal and vague that yeah, it's, it's not really worth considering. And the the no one with the, like not enough money basically involved yeah. to be serious about buying a Premier League football club of West Ham stature.
0: I think a lot of these stories come out involving West Ham because it's very well known where the fans sit, uh, what the fans want in the long term. Um, So I think that's why little stories like that come out when really they probably have no real value to them. Um, But they come out anyway just to give West Ham fans something to react to.
1: The latest approach was viewed by the owners as a property deal rather than a football deal. Proof of funds were not provided, as you said, Jonesy, and no mention was made of investing in the transfer market to strengthen the first-team squad. They're regularly approached by uh, prospective buyers, but many of them turn out not to have the required funds to buy the club and often have no experience in football. Not the case this time because it's come from the former QPR chief exec, but as I say, the feeling at the club and in the board was this is not worth talking about because it would have been like me and you clubbing together our money by all accounts, Jonesy, and uh, and trying to buy... For 400 pennies, more like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you say that actually. Colin Murakawa... On the Open the other day, done me a nice little two hundred quid job for those yeah. golf fans out there. Sorry, it's a bit rogue for a West Ham podcast, but uh, Fair yeah, point. I mean that is the total net value of William Pugh Incorporated at the moment is the two hundred eight quid I won from <laughs> Colin <laughs> win at the Open. But nonetheless, I'll uh, I'll put it towards my Let's Buy West Ham fund, shall I? So yeah, not a lot of legs in that jonesy and um yeah i mean someone did make the point to me today that it, it was quite funny um someone at the club said this sorry it wasn't someone at the club who suggested it to me it was a, a colleague of mine who who did giggle to himself and say it's quite ironic um west Ham's owners being the ones to suggest that uh the interests party aren't in the best interests uh, of the club when there's a fair percentage of West Ham's fan base, should we say, that may argue that the current owners don't always do what's in the best interest well, of the club either. But
0: Yeah, I mean if that's why they've knocked this this one back then fair play. Yeah. Look, to be honest
1: mate, is what it is. Not talk for sale at the moment. We've got a European campaign coming up. The, this is a time to just be, look forward to it, yeah. yeah, fingers crossed for um put some pressure on for some for some transfers, fingers crossed, we can bulk that squad up between now and the beginning of the season and hit that European campaign. hard, Jonesy, just a last little segment then before we uh before we wrap up, just the same as last week as we explained. these are just little chats that we 're doing until the uh the real business starts in a couple of weeks' time uh, the first real and proper format of the podcast, back to usual will be before the season. We'll be back to recording on Tuesdays and releasing on Wednesdays then. Uh, So fear not, it's just another last little chatty one from me and James, just a bit of a catch-up. So you've got some uh, West Ham, we are West Ham content. Jonesy, we've had some friendlies. In fact, it's five past seven on Wednesday evening at the moment. Uh, West Ham had just about kicked off at Reading. The first thing you said was, that kit looks blinding on the players.
0: It does, yeah. I mean, weirdly, they're, they're streaming it live on Periscope or on Twitter.
1: <laughs> does that basically just mean there's a bloke from the media department sticking his iPhone in the air?
0: No, it's it's actually, like, actually being... Streamed properly, proper camera angles and all sorts. Wow. Um, And I've got the, what, three minutes in, still nil nil, and the the kit looks wonderful. They're wearing claret shorts, though, rather than the white shorts. Not a fan. Um, But the shirt on the players, particularly Michel Antonio looks uh, superb and we've got a corner as we speak I think uh, it, no that's Reading with the corner with
1: his new number um, <laughs> yeah we're the claret and blue ones Jonesy oh yeah. yeah, Oh, it like it's stars, like, oh the look. kit doesn't look as good after all <laughs> I thought we had blue and white horizontal what? stripes. we've changed colours <laughs> um,
0: but yeah <laughs> so yeah if, if anyone I was about to say if anyone's listening now you can go on Twitter but <laughs> you're not going to be I, listening it I don't to it. think they will yeah <laughs> right.
1: when this goes out on, uh, on Thursday morning and people scramble <laughs> 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 to Periscope or yeah. West Ham's Twitter it unfortunately the game will probably have By some freak weather incident between now and then. Uh, Jonesy, can you give us a little bit of a rundown? Uh, The boys obviously went up to Scotland, didn't they, Um, for their pre-season tour. The aforementioned pictures of them running along the beach and all having a very nice time at pre-season. Uh, and Mark Noble, of course, the customary photo of him riding around on a bike. We're playing Reading tonight, as we mentioned, the Wednesday night as we record. Um, we've had a couple of other friendlies and we're also playing Atalanta, mm. aren't we, in the upcoming Betway Cup?
0: The dream, yeah. So we we kicked off with Dundee. Um, losing that 2-0 at one point, which is great. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> um, but Jamal Baptiste and £50 million uh, Jared Bowen. Uh, with goals <laughs> to bring that back to 2-2. So, How much um, is his back
1: two's worth, then, in your um, eyes? It's got to be 30, isn't it. it. that, mil. that yeah.
0: showing? He's a, a highly promising youngster. It's what
1: he's worth to us. Yeah. If you don't want to pay it, then don't pay it and we'll keep
0: it. And he's English. That adds a bit of value to it, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. But, um, and then we followed up with two pre-seasons running at the same time on the same night. Yeah, that was against, a bizarre um, one. They've done that for the last we few done years it before, now. We have um,
1: just got so many players, mate. Who needs yeah.
0: transfers? Exactly. Northampton away and Orient away uh, beat Northampton 2-1. Orient ended it 0-0. Connor Coventry on the score sheet against Northampton. Mm. It's nice to see him get some minutes. Um, he's only really playing because Suchek and Declan Rice aren't about. Just but, that maybe there's a, there's a hint there that he might be getting some minutes in the first team next year. I'm pretty uh, in, sure you this said hill. this
1: to me this time last year. Yeah, maybe one to watch, Will. One Connor to watch. But I think
0: he is. I think he's very highly rated. Um, out of all the young players we've got, I think he's one of the most highly rated youngsters.
1: It must be at that stage now for squad. him where it's like, well, you either like, give him a shot. I think
0: it's what you get rid. It's like Josh Cullen. Every year it was like this is the year Josh Cullen breaks through mm-hmm. and then being up selling to Anderlecht for three million quid yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah. So. Um, But by all accounts, he is is the one to watch. Um, (laughs) By by all accounts, a.k.a. James Jones. James Jones says that. Um, But then, so obviously we're playing Reading tonight. Uh, Then then we're at Celtic at Celtic Park on Saturday. Big one, that. That's a big one. Looking forward to that one. Um, And then we've got Brentford uh, the following Saturday. And then the big one, our first attempt at silverware in the 21 22 season, the Betway Cup at London Stadium. Against European giants Atalanta,
1: yeah, that would be very. It's, it's going to be. Side, I mean, it's they? Champions League pedigree Champions there.
0: Champions League pedigree. Um, it's a, it's a, I mean, we haven't played a team of that calibre um, since Juventus. Yeah, at the London Stadium yeah, in, the a, in a pre-season up, friendly. It? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, looking forward to that. Um, so That's the following Saturday, and then the season starts away at St James's Park the following weekend. Do you fancy the uh, fancy the Atalanta game? Are you going to that? Um, I haven't booked, got tickets yet, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. I need to just double-check with Lucy, because if I double-book, mm. I know that there's a weekend in August where we're going to a wedding. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I'm not going. I'm just going there to look after Harrison while she goes to the wedding.
1: Really? What um, the hell is yeah, that it's about? In, it's
0: in Leicester. Um,
1: what? what? Are you just like a mobile babysitter for yeah, your own for, kid?
0: Yeah, for for this wedding. Yeah. Right, now,
1: now, anyone listening at home... If you're thinking the exact same thing, then I'm glad to be the vehicle through which you can ask your questions. Why don't you stay at your own home with your son and your wife go at the wedding?
0: Because we're staying there the weekend, right. and I think the following day there's like a, a little uh, a do an after party, which my friend had at a recent uh, wedding that I went to a few weeks ago yeah. where Harrison wasn't invited to the you wedding. You class
1: in that, by the way. Thanks, some mate. sharp pictures. Thanks of, very yeah, much.
0: Yeah, you Lucy looking very good. Thank you. Thank um, you. But then he was invited to the after party the following day. Right. So that I think that's the case in this one, but this one's in Leicester. So, so. you,
1: let, let me just get this straight, are you invited to the wedding?
0: Uh, no. No. So L- is, because Lucy it, it, it's Lucy's it's, sister's friend rather than... Yeah, yeah, know.
1: yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Yeah, don't worry, I'm digging you out for being unpopular. So right. Thanks, mate. <laughs> so you're not invited to the wedding, neither is Harrison, fair enough. No kids are no all the wedding. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. If I was even close to getting married, then uh, I'd probably... Too much money to like have that. the kids in. Just too much aggro and noise, I think. And too much. I mean, too much leery, like uncles and cousins, just losing the plot a little bit. And yeah, I mean,
0: it's it's nice for the adults just to have a a, a day off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we, what are you going to do appreciate. then
1: during the wedding while Lucy's off well, having a gr- great time?
0: We're staying at the venue mm. actually, so we're gonna Harrison and me. We're gonna go swimming. There's nice. a swimming pool there. Yep. Um, and then I'm hoping that we can then just chill out at the bar. Yeah, yeah. Me and, me and Harrison me and having Harrison. a lads, lads evening. Yeah, a couple of pints each. couple of pints and I'll put him to bed um, or he'll be putting me to bed after a couple <laughs> of pints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then, I, I don't know, and then wait for Lucy to come back. Falling all over the place, yeah, no doubt, yeah, yeah. after having a few, few uh, sherries or yeah. sort of whatever she drinks. And then, um, <laughs> and then yeah, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. But it means that I, I, I can't yet plan anything in August because I don't know what weekend this mm. wedding is.
1: But I'll tell you what, Jonesy, I'm pretty sure I've got that weekend off. So, uh, yeah, if you are as well. If I'm free, we'll go. We'll have a little bit of uh, Atalanta at home in a Betway Cup, shall we? Can't wait. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Well, look, Jonesy, it's uh, great to see you again, mate. Nice to see you. Uh, I think we're going to nip out another pint now, aren't Let's we? Let's do it. Like the old we'll days. we watch, watch the rest of the Reading games Yeah, well. exactly. Get yeah. your periscope up on your phone. <laughs> you can be admiring the blue and white stripy kit that we're apparently playing <laughs> in next season. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, watch us kick off our uh, 2021-22 campaign in style. Look, thanks very much for those of you who have listened again. Thanks very much, of course, for all of you who listened last season. We'll be back, and I hate the phrase, but I would suggest, Jonesy, that we'll be back better than ever next season. We've got some stuff in the pipeline, some returning uh, sponsors and partnerships, the charity partnership with Betway still there, working on a few things for a new and improved quiz at the end of the show um we're we're talking like rogue mystery players league of quiz again so uh yeah working on stuff we hope you'll stick with us again for another season it's shaping up to be a flipping exciting one with europe on the cards thanks for listening everyone we'll see you in a couple of weeks and as always up the hammers coming you irons
0: Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm at the Nelson salon, mm. I'm at the grocery store. Mm.